Hi, I'm Billy Shore. Welcome back to Add Passion and Stir. This is the conversation we love to have about food, passion, and making a difference in the world. And because we're having this conversation in November, it must be Bakeathon time. We are here today with Sahana Vidge and Michael Platt. Uh, I'll tell you who they both are in a minute, but I just wanted to say, uh, Sahana and Michael, welcome. I'm, I'm really glad you're here, both of you. Uh, Michael, I know you're a cookbook author, Michael's Desserts. I think you're a 17-year-old baker and business owner and social entrepreneur, and I know a food justice advocate from your work uh, with us and somebody who's passionate about giving back. I'm going to be asking you just in a moment to tell us a little bit more about your path to where you are now. Uh, and of course, Sahana Vish, also a cookbook author, Bakeaway cookbook. And I think 100% of Sahana's proceeds from Bakeaway benefit our No Kid Hungry campaign. She's raised more than $40,000 to date. Absolutely incredible. We'll be right back after a short break. I talked about November being uh, Bakeathon month. It really is. We've got a Bakeathon, an annual event for us that runs from November 13th through 20th throughout that week. We'll be posting recipes and tips from No Kid Hungry Chef supporters on Instagram and sharing all kinds of recipes in our Bakeathon cookbook. We're aiming to raise $100,000, which can provide as much as 1 million meals through baking. And thanks to our Bakeathon partners at Nellie's and U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, we're already halfway there. November is also the time in which we do a baking challenge on Facebook. And thousands of No Kid Hungry supporters have joined the November Baking Challenge on Facebook, committing to a weekly baking challenge and raising funds to help end childhood hunger. Uh, I'm feeling like I should be part of it. This weekend, uh, I cooked, I baked for the first time from Joanne Chang's uh, Flower Bakery Cookbook. I baked her cranberry pecan loaf. Um, I got to try it a couple more times. It turned out almost perfect, but I think it would have been a little better if either of you had baked it. Um, let's talk about how you got into baking. Uh, let's start with you, Sahana. You've been baking from a very young age. When did this all begin? Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. I um, I started baking actually when I was around four or five, my parents are the reason um, I kind of got started out in the kitchen. I uh, started with French toast and garlic bread. And after that, I, I fell in love with it. And I started challenging myself through cookbooks that we had and studying recipes online. And I, I never really repeated the same recipe twice. And I just kept challenging myself. And yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Wait a, wait a second, Sahana. Four or five, was it your mom or your dad or both? And you're uh, in the kitchen, they're letting you use the, the oven. And uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, who, who was the inspiration? Yeah, I, I think, well, both my parents uh, were both cooks and they still do. But my mom kind of got me started with the garlic bread as her little sous chef and then French toast I did with her in the morning. But uh, I don't think I was really able to use the oven and stuff, but I did have a stool step where I would, I'd use it to, to do the, you know, participate with mixing bowl and stuff. But, um, my, my mom and dad would put things in the oven and use the stove and knives and, and whatnot. 
And and was there a, a point at which you realized you not only enjoyed it, but you're actually pretty good at it? I mean, was there like a moment where the like the light bulb went off and you're like, hey, I, I think I know what I'm doing in here? I don't know if there was a time where I actually, uh, at that age where I thought I was good, I, I kind of just did it because I thought it was fun and um, baking the things was exciting. But I think uh, I kind of started to recognize it when I would bake things and my parents would enjoy them. And I, I could tell kind of that it was genuine and it wasn't them just being nice to to make me feel good about whatever I baked. And so I think that gave me some more confidence in the kitchen. And uh, one more uh, biographical point, uh, Sahana, before I turn to Michael. Uh, am I correct that you're a sophomore at uh, uh, in college at, uh, is it UC Irvine? Yeah, I just started my uh, second year. Yeah. And so how do you manage to be in college, which is pretty pretty big job um, <laughs> and also bake as much as you do. And where do you bake in college? Yeah. So luckily right now I'm out of the dorms. I'm in an apartment off campus. So I, I get to, I get to uh, bake in a kitchen, which is great. Uh, I definitely think in, if anything, it's, it actually helps me de-stress from school. So it's not as much of like a time management thing as it is helping me with uh, all the stress of schoolwork and extracurriculars and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely it's an enjoyment thing for me. And you've got to be one of the most popular students on campus, right? Oh, no, I don't think <laughs> so. But <laughs> well, Do people get to taste? Do they get to taste what you bake? My friends definitely do. I, I bring uh, in fact, my friend, she she's actually she's texting me like, 10 minutes ago, she's like, can we make cream cheese frosting this week? Please, 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 please. I was like, because she likes to just eat it right out of the bowl. So <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, my friends definitely love it. Fantastic. Now, Michael, I think Sahana had you beat by a couple of years. I, I read that you had started baking when you were nine, which is actually, I think most people would consider pretty young uh, as well. But uh, where did it start for you? Um, yeah, so I feel like I've always kind of been helping out my family in the kitchen. Um, everyone in my family knows how to make like something everyone has a little signature dish. Um, and I was kind of the person who would like help them make it, whether that's my grandmother or my aunt or uncle or my mom. Um, and then basically like the first time I ever really got to bake by myself or kind of like spearhead a baking endeavor was um, I got to make a cake with my grandmother and she was, she kind of helped me out. But like, yeah, like I said, like this, this, this is the time that she was helping me instead of me helping her. So I got to make this little, uh, this little cake. It was super simple, a uh, little like box cake and a, and a you know item from the store but it was really fun just to be able to like actually make something and like do it myself um to an extent and everyone really enjoyed it um that was kind of like the first time that i really thought about baking um and like got to do it and have fun with it um and after that i kind of really liked it and i kept doing it more and more often and um uh, you're in high school still yes i'm a senior in high school Senior in high school. And so uh, will you, like Sahana, be looking for a, uh, a place where you can bake next year after you're out of high school and possibly in college? Um, yes, I'd like to go to a, uh, to a culinary school. Um, so I'm looking at a bunch of culinary schools. Um, so hopefully there, you know, I get to cook a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely I'd like to continue baking after school, even if it gets a little bit busy, just still be able to like cook things that I like. And I know, uh, Michael, one of the things that's distinctive about you and your baking business is you've actually got a one-for-one -one model where you donate a dessert to someone in need for every dessert that you sell. Tell us how that came about. Um, yeah. So when I started my business, like right before um, I started my business, I never really liked baking. I never really enjoyed baking and I, w and I wanted to do a business off of it, but I wasn't super sure about how to go about it. Um, and then my parents got me a pair of Tom's shoes for Christmas, I think in like 2016 maybe. 
Um, and after that, I was like, yeah, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to be one for one. Um, and just from, from there, that's kind of like what I knew I wanted my business to be. And it gave me a lot of inspiration to actually start my business and a lot of like motivation. Um, and then in 2017, I think I started my business kind of first beginning event and it's just been going on from there. How do your customers respond to the one for one model? Um, I think a lot of people really enjoy it. A lot of like people in my community, they know what I do. They know about it. Um, and I think it's just, I feel like the way, like why I like it, especially when it comes not just to giving the people that I'm actually like giving the cupcakes to or giving the proceeds to, but the people who are buying the cupcakes, I think it's a great way just to, um, to like really simply and easily get people involved in giving back in their community. Even if it's just buying a cupcake for me and then I give a cupcake to someone else, you're still, you know, um, like giving back to your community because, you know, the proceeds or the, the cupcake that, that you bought is going to help someone else. And uh, all of this baking led to cookbooks for both of you. Sahana, tell us uh, how you got the idea to do a cookbook and what's, what's that experience been like? Yeah, for sure. I. I kind of got started with the cookbook around my freshman year of high school, and it was kind of after a while when I was a, a, a lot of years of, of baking recipes and challenging myself and um, baking with my family especially, and that's kind of why I decided to um, write my cookbook because each recipe is inspired by a different place in the country that I um, shared an experience with or specific memory with my a family or couple of family members. And so um, my freshman year, I wanted to build upon flavors um, from those experiences and create recipes around those. And I, I started baking them, taking photos of them and whatnot. And I, I loved it. I fell in love with the process and getting to share those recipes again with my, my family. And then, you know, we worked with a publisher, got, um, went through the editing process and finally got it published around my senior year of high school. And that's kind of how uh, the process went. And the book is called Bake Away. Where can our readers find it? Our, our listeners, where can our listeners find it? Yeah. So Bake Away is sold on mascotbooks.com um, is the best place to buy. I'm sorry, say that again a little more slowly. Yeah, sorry. Uh, mascotbooks.com, which is the publisher's website. You can also find it at um, some Barnes and Noble stores, and Whole Foods, for instance, and Amazon. Uh, fantastic. Did you like it uh, doing it so much that you're going to do another one? I don't know about that yet. Um, I definitely am trying <laughs> to focus on academics right now and and school. But I, I maybe maybe in the future, maybe in uh, five 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 or so years after college. <laughs> Uh, Michael, how about your book, uh, Michael's Desserts, Sweets for a Cause? Uh, what was the, the thinking behind it? Um, yeah, so they actually kind of like reached out to me and asked me to, to write a cookbook. Um, the publishing company did. And um, I basically got to make whatever I really wanted it to be about. And I really wanted to like do recipes that I enjoyed, recipes that mean a lot to me. But I also wanted to inspire people um, to like use something that they're interested in to give back to their community. That's basically what the book is about. Um, there are a lot of recipes in there. There's, I think, 45 recipes. Um, and each of them kind of have some type of story tied to them or some type of, like, personal... Um, this is a personal story tied to them. Um, but the first chapter is cupcakes, and they're basically cupcakes that are inspired by people who inspired me to do what I do to give back to my community. So it's like Martin Luther King cupcakes or um, even Milk It Hungry cupcakes are in there, too. 
Um, so yeah, just different subjects that are inspired off people who inspired me. Um, and basically just to, um, to inspire other people who read the book to give back to their communities. I was just going to ask if there was going to be a Billy Short cupcake, but when I realized I'm competing <laughs> with Martin Luther King, I think, okay, no way, it's not happening. And, you know, I, I know a lot of, uh, we've had a lot of guests and a lot of chefs on Add Passion and Stir who have done cookbooks. It's it's very hard work. I don't think any of them have done it when they were in high school or, or college. Was it more work than you thought? Um, it was definitely, it, it was a lot of like long work, like just writing a recipe every single day for like months and changing it and tweaking it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was hard work, but it was also really fun just to be able to like write a book and do recipes and like curate recipes that I really enjoy. Um, and also like a lot of these recipes, recipes that I haven't made in a minute, the recipes that, um, have a lot of memories tied to them. So that was really great just to be able to like go down memory lane and write a book and be able to share my, you know, past experiences with baking, pretty much this whole time with baking, um, and just be able to like write them down and share them with other people. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of work, very long, very, um, like long hours, a lot of time spent writing the recipes and testing them and especially taking pictures of them, like baking every single recipe in the book, um, in one, like one week and just taking all those pictures with a lot of work. But, um, it was also really fun. Well, you know, all of us at Share Our Strength are so grateful to both of you for being uh, not just involved in our work, but committed to the idea that uh, we can actually end childhood hunger and we can do it uh, in the way that each of you are doing it by sharing your strength, by uh, finding something that you're good at and turning that to the, uh, the benefit of others. That's our kind of core philosophy uh, at Share Our Strength. And you both demonstrate it uh, just brilliantly. How did uh, each of you just kind of come to learn about Share Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign? How did we connect with each other uh, in the first place? Let me start with you, Sahana. Yeah, I, I actually, um, I think I found out about Share Strength uh, and No Kid Hungry around the same time I started baking. So around like four or five, definitely. Um, I, I, found out about it first because I would accompany my parents to their like Williams Sonoma trips where my dad loved yeah he loved looking at like the knives and like the pans for grilling and stuff and so um I would kind of roam around and obviously was kind of more drawn to like the sprinkle section and like whatever so I would walk around the store and there was always a table set up somewhere maybe near the cash register with like 10 to 12 jars filled with spatulas and the spatulas were like so pretty with little designs on them. So I'd look at them and be like, can I get one? Can I get one? And, and these are the spatulas that um, William Sonoma did with like celebrity chefs and celebrities and um, partnered with No Kid Hungry to donate part of the proceeds that um, they went, uh, that were, sorry, uh, part of the proceeds from the purchase of the spatula to No Kid Hungry. So uh, I kind of found out about No Kid Hungry that way. And then I kept, kept seeing it as I got older. And I, I still go back and, and look at those spatulas today. But that's kind of how I first learned about it. Uh, I am so glad to hear that because Williams-Sonoma has been an amazing partner of ours for almost 10 years. They've raised something close to 2 or $3 million a year. The celebrity design spatulas are actually a really big part of it. We've had everybody from Jeff Bridges to Questlove to just countless uh, celebrities who have designed spatulas and sold them. It's one of many things they do to raise money. But the fact that you kind of got connected to us that way, uh, our friends at Williams-Sonoma are going to be just really thrilled to hear that. Uh, how about you, Michael? Um, so actually, my mom told me about it the first I think she heard about it on like Facebook or something. We saw an ad 
Um, and she told me about it, I think summer of 2017. Um, and basically after that, I was like, oh, this is great. I get to bake and also give back and also like work with hunger, like work around hunger and childhood food insecurity specifically, uh, which was definitely something that I wanted to do. And prior to this, I was just giving out cupcakes or yeah, giving out cupcakes to um, like people in DC, just in parks, things like that. Um, but I wanted to actually go out and give to kids and give food to kids, not just like cupcakes and um, being able to work with Milk and Hungry and bake and give and raise proceeds through baking that gives back to kids in my community um, and gives them meals, which is something that right up my alley, something that I was really interested in doing. Um, and then that that summer I did my first like bake sale for No Kid Hungry and that was great. That was amazing. I had so much fun. Like my church got involved. We were at the pool. We had a little like a little party, a little like competition um, where some people we've had we have like categories and then we'd um we'd like do like a little cooking competition where you you bake something for the category that we have judges to like taste test it. And then um, people would like pay to enter and all the proceeds went to No Get Hungry. And people could also buy the um, the things that people made um, and all the proceeds went to No Get Hungry. So it was really fun, really great just to be able to like work and do something that's really fun in my community, but also give back to something that, um, that I've been wanting to get back, but didn't really know how for a long time. Well, I think we owe both of your parents big time for <laughs> turning you on to this work. Uh, and they probably couldn't have even imagined how big an impact it was going to end up having. Uh, really, really great to hear that. Uh, as as each of you become more involved in the kind of the culinary community, uh, have, have there been other chefs, have been other bakers that you've looked to for inspiration, that have been mentors, that have just been models you've wanted to you know be like them or learn from them um i think one of my biggest like mentors in the food area is definitely chef jerome grant um he was the head chef of the sweet home cafe at the national museum of african-american history and culture and i went there and i i got to talk to him and hang out with him and he has definitely been someone if i have any questions at all i can ask him about something that i'm curious about um so yeah he's definitely a big inspiration like shout out to him He's great. He helps me out a lot. Um, so yeah, he's definitely one of my biggest mentors when it comes to cooking and food and all that. And we had Jerome on the podcast. It's been a year or two now, I guess a couple of years. Uh, but he was just a uh, you know fantastic guest to have on the podcast. We learned so much from him. And I think one of the things that's you know characteristic about this um, culinary community and the the industry, if you will, and I've seen this over many years, is there's such a um, commitment to helping other people kind of come up and learn. I feel like chefs and bakers are natural teachers. That's one of the things they have to do in their, in their restaurants and in their kitchens. Uh, they're constantly teaching and instructing others how to do things. And they got a little bit of a natural instinct for that. And so it's uh, when, when you look at that through the lens of our work and through philanthropic and community work, uh, you realize what an impact chefs and restaurateurs can have. That was, you know, at the the heart of Share Our Strengths thinking from the very beginning. Uh, how about you, Sahana, in terms of uh, mentors or inspirations in the culinary world? Yeah, I I actually um, I have a couple, but first um, I want to say uh, Chef Thomas Keller, who is renowned and. Um, when I met him, uh, it was just a really humbling experience because of how down to earth he is. And that was really inspiring to me. Um, and, and how did you meet him? Oh, uh, well, my dad and I actually were visiting San Francisco um, a couple years back for Father's Day. And uh, he had uh, 
he was nice enough to write a testimonial for my cookbook. And so we wanted to uh, visit him and, and deliver him some flowers just to say thank you. And uh, luckily he was there and we got to talk to him, which was really, really great and inspiring. And I got to see how he kind of ran his kitchen and um, just how kind and gracious he was to us and to all of his guests, how um, important it was for him to make sure that um, all of his guests dining with him had a great experience. And um, he was he was just such a um, down to earth, humble person, which like I said, was really inspiring. And alongside him, I also um, really, really um, admire Chef Curtis Stone. And I actually grew up on his recipes. Uh, he's a, He was the first cookbook, I think, that I uh, started looking and making my own recipes from. I, I w started with his uh, apple pie and um, I got to meet him as well, which was also really inspiring. And he let us dine at his restaurant, um, Gwen in LA, and it was a phenomenal experience. And he was so kind, and it, it was it was great. He he showed us the the dessert menu, and we got to taste everything, and it, everything was so good. And my favorites for both of them, they both had these like donut holes with coated in cinnamon and sugar, and those were will always be my favorite for both of them. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> That sounds amazing. And, you know, and I'm getting the sense that uh, the two of you don't only know how to cook. Uh, you somehow both managed to go straight to the top. Jerome Grant, Thomas Keller, Curtis Stone. Uh, just the fact that you get in and connect with them um, is some some people spend years <laughs> trying to meet Thomas Keller uh, or uh, Jerome Grant. So pr pretty incredible. Uh, and I guess that has to do with not just your culinary skills, but some sense of uh, persistence that you both must have and this just kind of determination to go after what's important to you. Is that is that a fair statement? I, I, I would say so, I guess. What do you think, Michael? Um, yeah, I, I, maybe a little bit. Uh, the first time I actually met Jerome Grant, it was it wasn't spontaneous, but it was very like last minute. Like we were trying to, we were trying to pull all the strings to be able to speak to him that day because we were going to be there. Um, I was on an internship in 2019. And we were just there like on a little field trip type thing um at the museum and like i think that morning like on the way there we were like messaging him on instagram like hey can we can we speak to you when we get there and it was very like out of nowhere but yeah definitely like building the community and just kind of like just kind of like being on his radar i feel like that helped a lot and he was also very supportive of like everything i've been doing so i had talked to him a little bit before then but um after that it was, it was definitely, you know, our relationship grew a little bit. And you didn't have to bring him flowers the way Sahana did with Thomas Keller? <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Nope. I, I was just there to ask a bunch of questions. Okay. Well, that's a good tip for Thomas Keller. When I go out to California, I will I will take flowers with me, Sahana. <laughs> uh, my, Michael, tell us a little bit about uh, the No Kid Hungry Baking Challenge this year and um, what that looks like, how you're going to be part of it. Um, so, yes, I am planning on doing – just a little, some videos, um, just to kind of show people some recipes, little tips and tricks on how they can make recipes um, and how just some things that they can bake. Just to help people along a little bit. That's kind of what I'm planning to do is to just do some videos, um, teach people how to make a couple things. Um, and yeah, hopefully it, it helps people, uh, makes it a little more accessible um, to bake something that you probably never made before. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. And you've both had a fair amount of um, visibility on things like the Today Show or Kelly Clarkson Show, People Magazine. What's that been like at a young age for you? Uh, does that take some getting used to, Sana? 
Um, I think at first it was a little difficult just because um, I, I get, I'm, I'm usually pretty shy, so it's kind of difficult to kind of like, uh, you know, talk openly about whatever it is that, you know, I, I'm passionate about and stuff. But I, I think um, it's definitely it it began to grow, um, grow on me and like I allowed myself to open up and I, I kept telling myself because obviously it's for an important reason and it, it fueled me to continue because um, I knew that I was like helping to drive awareness for No Kid Hungry and I thought that that was what was really important. And so um, as much as it's scary and stuff, I definitely think that um, through it all, I've definitely learned a lot um, and they're all great experience and good memories too. Well, and you're right. It does bring... Um the work of No Kid Hungry to such a, a larger audience that we otherwise wouldn't reach. Uh, Michael, what's that experience been for you of the kind of the visibility and the notoriety? Um, it's been, it's been interesting. I feel like I've always, I've never, I've never been super extroverted. Um, like, like kind of like what the Han says, I'm kind of shy. Um, but just being able to go on and talk about things um, that I'm interested in, talk about things that I'm passionate about, um, but definitely, definitely great opportunity just to like go on TV or go on a news station um, and just be able to talk to people that I probably wouldn't reach otherwise um, about something that I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, it definitely is, gets some, it definitely takes some getting used to and some practice. But um, over the years, it's been I've gotten a little bit better at it, you know, um, just kind of gradually. But yeah, definitely being able to talk about Oak and Hungry, talk about, you know, giving back to your community, talk about baking um in front of a big a big platform is definitely it can be scary but it's also you know it's a it's kind of an opportunity you don't really want to waste um so just practicing getting ready for it um it, it's a yeah it, it's great well i think you've both gotten really really good at it and uh any thoughts about we're going to have to wrap up in a couple minutes but any thoughts about um what uh, you and we can be doing to get more young people connected to this issue? How do, how do we inspire them and get them to engage in their community the way you have? I'm sure some have already just been inspired just by watching you, but um, Sahana, how, any ideas on what else we could be doing? I feel like our future depends on uh, your generation and the generation coming up behind you. So we want to be reaching out to them as effectively as possible. Yeah, I, I definitely think um, like, what I would always say is just encourage like kids to be um, to to continue and do what they're passionate about, because I think you can drive a lot of change and impact with whatever it is you're passionate about. And I mean, through a lot of the things that you are passionate about, like, for instance, like what Michael's doing, like you can in, um, inspire other students or kids to believe in themselves. And then um, that that itself um, drives change, too, because um, they'll feel inspired to, to, to be able to work with their community and, and impact other people's lives and, um, help out the community. What are your thoughts, Michael? Um, yeah, I think anybody can give back to their community, just like, like Sahana said, doing something that you're passionate about, doing something that you're interested in and using that to give back and also inspire other people. Um, but yeah, I feel like just starting small, doing anything that you can to give back, even if it's something super simple. Um, I feel like that's kind of just the way to go. It's to start small, start in your community, give, you know, a box of food to your local food pantry or donate to Oak and Hungry if it's just a little bit of money. Um, just being able to, you know, do anything that you can to give back to your community. 
um, it's just a, it's a great way to start. Yeah. Well, and again, this is the time of year when people, I think, have a heightened sensitivity to what each of you uh, just described. And certainly at Share Our Strength, a lot of activities with the Bakeathon for No Kid Hungry uh, running from November 13th through 20th. You can find great information at the No Kid Hungry website uh, or go to nokidhungry.org slash bakeathon. And then, of course, we've also got the November Baking Challenge uh, on Facebook. Uh, both of these activities raise vitally needed resources for our No Kid Hungry campaign. At Share Our Strength, we're able to use these funds to connect more kids to school meals, get more kids enrolled in school breakfast, uh, children who need it, uh, summer meals uh, in the summertime, and uh, just a variety of, of forms of assistance uh, that give kids the three meals a day that they need uh, if they're going to be able to, to thrive, to learn, uh, to be healthy. Uh, and since we're in November and we've got Thanksgiving, which is going to be top of mind for everybody, uh, let's just close with, uh, I want to ask each of you if there's a tradition that your family celebrates at Thanksgiving and what the holiday is is like in your home. Um, start with you, Michael. Um, so I feel like a tradition in my family, um, well, a baking tradition is definitely sweet potato pie. Um, that is something that we always make. It's going to be every Thanksgiving um, a sweet potato pie, but also something that it's, I guess it's a tradition, but it's also like the tradition is like, is each, well, we kind of have like kind of alternating houses, so we rotate houses, um, but we, we kind of dodged a bullet this year because my cousin just got a new house, so we're, we're handing over to her for this, um, for this, this, uh, this, this Thanksgiving, but it would have been us, but we kind of, we, we hopped out the way, um, but yeah, rotating houses is, it's it's a it's a tradition, but it, it does get it does get kind of scary whenever you know it's your turn to uh, to host Thanksgiving that year. And what happens at your house, Anna? Uh, so it's actually interesting. We we never um, our family has never really gravitated towards the traditional Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, t- turkey's never um, we've never been a huge fan of turkey. So instead, we we actually make uh, dumplings, and we kind of we we go around in this whole like assembly line of our family members. I mean my parents will usually make the, um, the filling and then, um, and like cut all the ingredients and stuff. And then I, my, myself and my grandfather and I will, will like take the dumpling wrappers and fill them and, 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 um, fold them up and then hand them back to my parents to, to pan fry. And then, um, my grandma will probably make some fried rice and some like chicken dumpling or chicken skewers uh, or chicken legs. And so um, not really the traditional Thanksgiving, but I think we've made the dumplings a tradition of our own, which I've grown really fond of. Well, if either of you wants to invite my family over, that sounds great. Uh, Sahana, yours is uh, particularly on point because my wife is uh, anaphylactic allergic to turkey. So we have never had turkey at our Thanksgiving. I actually grew up on it and like it, but it's it's not been in the picture for the last 20 years. So your house sounds like the place we might have to end up. Uh, I want to thank you both so much for the great work you're doing. And I know with your responsibilities uh, in school and just all, all the things that uh, at your age, uh, you're dealing with to spend as much time as you do uh, giving back to the community in a lot of different ways, including through the No Kid Hungry campaign and through your phenomenal talents baking. Uh, it just it means a really big deal. And I hope uh, in addition to the literally hundreds of thousands of dollars that together you have raised, uh, I know uh, and hope that many other people will be inspired to find their way to share their strength as a result of 
what you're doing. Uh, Sahana Vij, Michael Platt, uh, thank you so much for being on Ad Passion and Stir. Please visit adpassionandstir.com. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Share Ad Passion and Stir with a friend and rate the show so that others can find it. Ad Passion and Stir is produced by Paul Woody Whittle's team at District Productive and Johanna Weber of Pop and Awe with support from our team at Share Our Strength in the No Kid Hungry campaign. They include Debbie Shore, Pamela Taylor, Megan Cantrell, and Kelly Griffin. We'll be back in two weeks with more stories of individuals sharing their strength to make a difference in the world. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.